going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome into the Mayo Media Network. This is Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Chris Meany. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to hang out. We got seven games on the ice tonight. Going to break them all down with Nick Alberga. He is the Toronto Maple Leafs radio host at Fan 590. Of course, you can catch him doing some digital work for Sportsnet as well. Super pleased to bring him in. Hopefully, he can bring us some good luck on this show because the picks haven't been all that great over the past couple of episodes. And honestly, I lose sleep over that. So we got a bright mind here to talk us through some of the games. We'll talk some DFS, give some props, and just really as we get closer to playoffs, it just it really does feel like playoff time. So I want to just pick Nick's brain on who he likes at this point in the NHL season to maybe potentially go on a run. We have a couple really good games and some potential first round playoff matchups as well to break down. But if you are looking for a subscription over at FTNbets.com, I mentioned Monday's show. It was awful. Luckily, we bounced back over at FTN. We took a lot of the same teams that didn't work out for us on Monday. We went 11-2 and two over there, 20-unit nights. We're up to 98 units. We'll be giving picks every single day over at FTNbets.com. It's just, not just myself. We have a couple others giving some NHL picks as well. We'll be doing that all the way until that Stanley Cup is raised. So use the promo code Mayo, Mini, whatever it's all good, and it'll get you a bit of a discount until the Stanley Cup is raised. Like I said, ftnbets.com, tracking them all. Even Jeff Ratcliffe, I know you heard of him. He's been on the Mayo Media Network. He's having some success, giving some NHL picks as well. He had a couple winners yesterday, so check out ftnbets.com. But it is right now time for the prize picks play of the day. Follow the link inside the description for a 100% first deposit match prizepicks.com you can mix and match across all the sports that you love and like i say all the time they are all happening right now pga nba mlb it's all happening over at prizepicks.com so i don't think i've taken Connor mcdavid in a long time which is crazy to even say because this guy has a ridiculous 81 points in 46 games 81 points in 46 games yes i am taking him today at 5.1 Usually, I think I just shy away because he's at 5.5, but he's at 5.1 now at prize picks against the Jets in eight games. I had to triple take this. I, I couldn't believe it. Seven goals and 19 points in eight games against the Jets. At least two points in every single game against Winnipeg this season. He's coming off a four-point game against them on Monday where he had the hat trick. I, he's riding a four-point or four-game point streak where he's got 12 points over that span. Like he's just ridiculous. You don't need me to tell you that he's awesome. But 5.1 here, the Jets seem like they're reeling just a little bit. Connor Hellebuck has been struggling over the past couple of games, so I'm going to take McDavid here over 5.1, and then I'm going to go to Bo Horvat. I know I talked about Brock Besser and Bo Horvat on Monday against the Senators. They got Ottawa again here this evening, so. Horvat has only two assists in the three games against Ottawa. This is the fourth straight game between these two teams. He does have 11 shots over that span. He's got four shots and one block. That was in the last game. So 2.5 fantasy points. It's a decent little floor there. He's at 3.1. So if he just gets a couple shots, he really does need to find the score sheet. But if he gets a couple shots, he's known to block a few as well, averaging 22 minutes per game over the three games against the Sens. So the ice time always there. And he does have five points in five games since the Canucks returning. So it's a little risky, 3.1. But I like the over. And check back prizepicks.com a little bit later on. We'll have some shot props there. And I'll circle back here in the YouTube section if you have a comment or a question. All right, let's bring in Nick. What's going on? At the Golden Muzzy. Again, the Toronto Maple Leafs radio host at Fan590. What's up, man? Thanks for taking the time here. Not too much. My pleasure. And uh, looking forward to the Stanley Cup playoffs. As you said of the uh, off the top, uh, you know, those games. And it's getting that feel again. And we're starting to see some unders, aren't we? 
Yeah, we are. Uh, in particular, I guess the, the Pittsburgh and Boston, those two games. Yeah. I think it was, what, a week and a half ago, they, they both played and there was a combined 12 goals. Yeah. And then I was thinking when they played the other night over the weekend, I think it was Sunday when Swayman was in net and he was making some saves. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if we'll see a lot of goals here. And I stayed away from it. And it was just like a, a chess match, man. Like nobody wanted to make any mistakes. It did feel like playoff hockey and it felt the same way yesterday. Yeah, certainly. I think teams are starting to clean up defensively, right? And they want to get their their programs going in time for the Stanley Cup playoffs because I think uh, something seems to click following the trade deadline in the NHL world where it's like, wow, COVID or not, the playoffs are just around the corner. We better lock in. So we're starting to see that. But uh, I don't know about you. It's making it a nightmare uh, in the gambling world right now. Dude, it's tough, man. It really yeah. is. Um, because, yeah, this time of the year, you have teams that are just checked out. Um, yeah. Like the other night, Arizona was playing San Jose, and San Jose was on that big losing skid. I think maybe they won a game or two over the last 12. And Arizona was fighting for a playoff spot. And it was just like sharks right off the hop. Like they were just up to that big lead, and Arizona came back and made a game of it. That one was tough. And then other teams, too, we've been debating on this show. And, Matt, you can step in, too, and talk about the Preds was – you know, Cam Stewart was on here Friday and he was talking about teams like Buffalo, New Jersey, teams that are, you know, letting kids play a little bit more and they're still fighting. But other teams like Florida and Carolina and Tampa, yes, they're comfortably in a spot. The Panthers clinched last night, but they also want that first place spot too, don't they, Nick? Because they kind of want to avoid one of those two teams. Well, that's a thing. Yeah. No, in. like, no, and sorry to interrupt. Like I was, I was doing a hit on, on Tampa radio yesterday. And they sort of asked me that question. I, I guess it's all, it's all by the perspective of the team and subjective to how you feel about that team and what they've done in the playoffs. Cause like Tampa for instance, like, I don't think they care who they play. True. Whereas, you know, Florida would like to avoid Tampa. I don't think Carolina cares. Um, but in general, I just wonder and try to quantify what home ice truly means. Like even in the States, right. With the, the lack of crowd. And I know some teams might have 50%, but it's just so much more difficult, uh, you know, I think to handicap this time around. Um, and I think ultimately teams just want to get in and go from there. I just don't know how much stock they're going to put in a home ice this time around. Uh, outside of last change, like, what does it truly mean? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. You know, I think it means a little bit for some teams maybe to be at home. I know there's no, like, you look around the league and there's only a handful of arenas that, that have the crowds, obviously none in Canada. And I don't even know, I don't know if you've heard anything about how the playoffs are going to work. Like if it's mm. going to be a bubble, there is some talk about Toronto playing in Buffalo. Uh, but maybe just being at home, the comfort of being at home, not being on the road, trapped in a hotel, yeah. I guess. There's a there's something to be said about a, a home, you know, having home ice advantage there. But yeah, it is. it, it certainly is a different a different feel. And I think you're spot on about Tampa. I don't think it matters who they play, but maybe a team like Florida, if they can avoid Carolina or Tampa and then have like a date, maybe potentially with the Predators. Matt, let's bring you in here. What did you see from your Preds last night, man? Uh, two games, a whole lot of rubber against. Um, I've never seen a team in the NHL this year that has more of a win condition on their goalie than the Predators have had over the last <laughs> yeah. eight weeks. UC Saros is playing historical hockey in terms of just how well he's done during the stretch. 
And when you're giving up 21 shots in the first and second period, not combined, so 42 shots through two periods, I don't know how the hell you expect to win a hockey game. It just doesn't happen that way. Uh, the Preds need to take notes and watch the Panthers more and realize how the Panthers protect their leads in the third period. Because the Predators, when they go to protect the lead in the third period, they go, okay, we don't know what to do because we're not in this position ever. Uh, the defense is abysmal for the Preds. Ben Harper, when he's just your guy to clear out the front of the net, you know you're going to have a bad time. And especially when half the fan base thinks Eric Goodbranson is the second coming of Jesus Christ, too, uh, then you're in for an even worse time. This Preds team needs a lot of work in the offseason, and uh, it's up to their GM, David Poyle, who likes to think of 2017 over and over again to make some changes. So it's, uh, it's an interesting time to follow that team. And Poyle likes to make moves. I'm confident he'll make a couple. Yeah, he likes to buy when he's not supposed to. <laughs> Chirps. Nick, what do you think of who, – who do you think gets in in that fourth spot? I mean, Dallas is right there, two back of Nashville with two games in hand. They're 6-2-2 two and two in their last 10 games. So they're starting to make a little bit of a run. You think they get in or you think it's Nashville? Yeah, I think it's Dallas, uh, not to mention Tyler Sagan's on the mend, closing mm -hmm. uh, in on a return. I just think their season, they've been there before. Uh, granted, they got some tough games ahead, namely Tampa coming up on Thursday – I just think, you know, I've been saying this for a while, and, and to Matt's point, I think Nashville's fake news. Um, UC Saros has been tremendous. Yeah, they got Roman Yossi up front. There really isn't a guy maybe outside of Ely Tolvanen that would really, really scare me right now. Um, I, I just, they're getting some great goaltending, as Matt said it. And also, if you look at their internal numbers against the top three teams in that division, it's not pretty. They're not doing very well. Um, and maybe, you know, the clutch factor kicks in down the stretch, but I think if they get to the playoffs, they're not going to get very far. So from uh, yeah, you know a neutral observer perspective, I would more so enjoy having Dallas in there. The potential, maybe the Stanley Cup rematch in the first round against Tampa um, intrigues me a bit more than the Nashville Predators. I'll be honest about it. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you 100%. I also yeah. want Dallas <laughs> to make the playoffs. Let's, let's not think that I'm this Nashville homer here. I just do a podcast for him. I'm not like a big fan. I'm a Leafs guy. Um, but you're absolutely right. They kind of are pretenders in a sense. They had, like I said, they have the biggest win condition. If Rocco Grimaldi doesn't yeah. have a four goal game, <laughs> if Tanner Janot isn't having this outbreak on the fourth yeah, what line, what is up with Tanner Janot? I, I think Janot is a good bottom six player. I think he's a fantastic bottom six player. I just don't think like half the fan base thinks that he is the next answer up front. And you nailed it, Nick. They have one offensive threat on the left side, and it's Tolvanen. Other than that, with Philip Forsberg out, Victor Arvidsson has been yeah. just touch and go the whole season. And then the rest of the roster has been like, do you want to show up today or next week? All right, you decide, <laughs> let me know, and we'll go off that. And Saros is just staring at his teammates going, what the hell is going on? Uh, it's yeah. two anchor contracts, too, right up the middle. Johansson and Duchesne just haven't been good enough, right? No, oh, and man. like Duchesne's, such a disappointment. Duchesne's looked good on the third line, but you can't have a guy look good on the third line making $8 million. Yeah, like, that's going to be a problem when they're close <laughs> to the cap. And yeah. it's and a he problem was so awesome contracts. In, Duchesne was so awesome in Ottawa. Like, this guy was dominant. He was basically a point-per-game guy. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I watch Nashville games, and he's on the ice, and he just he seems passive to me. I know he's played a little bit better lately. Matt, we've talked about that. Eric Young's on here Monday. He's a national resident, um, loves the Preds. We've talked about his game lately being a bit better. But like you said, I mean, he can't be – he's got to be a standout. He's got to be noticeable making that kind of dough, getting third-line minutes. Yeah, Janelle, we, we joked about picking him up as a streamer, Nick, just for a few hits, and dude's got, like, three goals and – 
in eight games. He played a career high 14 minutes uh, last wow. night. So he's been, he's been noticeable scoring some goals. Yeah. So all the playoffs, I mean, looking across, it seems like it's, starting to take shape here. So Nashville and Dallas fighting there for that fourth spot in the central Chicago, tough loss there to, to Tampa Bay. So, I mean, they made a big run, uh, you know, they're, they're six, seven points out. So it seems like it's, it's over for them. Uh, the Rangers big win yesterday, but they're four back of Boston. They played two more games. And then, then the West, uh, as we'll get to it, St. Louis here, the fourth spot, 48 points, Arizona, one point back. They played three more games. And then in the North, as we transition to tonight, Ottawa and Vancouver, the Canadians holding down the fourth spot, Calgary, six points back. They played one more game. And then Vancouver, 10 back, five fewer games played than Montreal, uh, but a lot of hockey for Vancouver here over the next uh, couple of weeks. And Ottawa has been a pain in their ass uh, huh. in this series. So, Tonight, Ottawa plus 100, Vancouver minus 117. The total here is 6, 30 and 19 against the spread. The Sens, Vancouver 20 and 22 against the spread. We were on Ottawa on Monday. Eric Young is a huge Senators fan. Um, he, We were on them, I think, and the under. Vancouver's taken six of eight in the series, Nick. But Ottawa, like I said, I mean, they've won two of the three. This is the fourth straight meeting between these two teams. All of them have gone under the number. I think one was actually a push. I thought maybe a couple weeks ago the Canucks could go on maybe just a week ago. I thought the Canucks could go on this like special run, mm-hmm. uh, but man, tough for them. They got to play a lot of hockey. Uh, what do you make of this game? And what do you what do you give their chances to make the playoffs? Zero. It was it was a <laughs> false narrative. Like yeah, I think it was a tremendous story. You come off COVID and embarrass the Maple Leafs in two games, but to create this narrative in the media yeah. that the Vancouver Canucks had any shot was unbelievable to me. They've been done for like a month and a half. I think their deadline. <laughs> was, uh, you know, part and parcel how they feel about this team. They did absolutely pretty much nothing uh, with exception of what Jordy Ben uh, to the Winnipeg Jets. I, I, I just, that team hasn't hit from the beginning, not to mention Elias Patterson's not there. There's no shot they make the Stanley Cup playoffs because you start chasing teams this time of year. Not only do they have to catch Montreal, they have to catch the Calgary Flames, right? Like it just... Right. It's just a lot of groundwork to do, and especially when you're losing back-to-back games against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, I don't give them a shot. That said, I do like Vancouver on the money line tonight. Um, I think a bounce back is in store. We love that here in the fantasy world, and I think they find a way to get the job done. But we talked off the top. You mentioned it. Uh, you know, pesky spoiler teams this time of year look no further than the Ottawa Senators. I love that team, right? I think they could have easily been the worst team in hockey this season, and they haven't been because there's just so much pride in that dressing room, and they play hard, and they're better than a lot of teams, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I like the direction of of where they're going. Yeah, we've been talking about them quite a bit. I know Eric likes to joke around, and Matt is always tweeting another Monday where Eric Young's betting on the the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> but, you know, we have a lot of respect for them here on this show. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the pesky Sens. They got some players, and – yeah, they compete, right? It feels like the only team inside this division they haven't had success. I mean, Vancouver lately is the Oilers. The Oilers just seem to oh. mop them up like it's not <laughs> even a contest. But they've had success against Calgary and, you know, winning records against the Flames, the Habs. They've hung around with the Leafs. Yep. Um, and they're playing good hockey right now uh, lately, too. I'm with you. I think Vancouver bounces back as well. This is not on the, the main slate. So, DK, this is a 5.30 p.m. Eastern game. Uh, let's bring in Maddie. What do you think? You agree with us here? A little bounce back for Vancouver. It does break my heart a little bit as much as we ride Ottawa, but it does seem like 
a good spot for Vancouver to bounce back and get the split in this four-game set. Yeah, as much as I want to think, what would Eric Young do? And I know he'd bet on the Sens here. Um, I, I think Vancouver is just priced in a decent spot here for a bounce back win. Uh, I, like Nick said, not a snowball's chance in hell they were going to make the playoffs, <laughs> but I, I feel like we can pick on them here at minus 117. Not going to be a key component of parlays because Ottawa could easily win this game, um, but minus 117, I'll have them in a couple parlays. Yeah, you know, that top line has been awesome, eh, Nick? Uh, Josh Norris and Brady Kachuk and Drake yeah. Batherson. Like, they have, I mean, they all have at least six points over the last two weeks. Uh, Norris has been on a, a point per game, you know, basically here for three weeks now in a row. What What do you think, um, like, what do you think their offseason, is this just a team that you feel like will just build through the draft, build through the draft, it's going to be tough for them to be able to acquire any free agents? Or do you see them making, like, um, you know, some aggressive moves maybe, uh, through free agency, like maybe a guy, I, I don't, it'll be tough for some players. And off the top of my head, I can't really think of any. I know Forsberg maybe needs a, a new contract. I can't see him going to Ottawa, but is this is a team that you think is just going to continue to build through the draft? I think patience is a virtue first and foremost. I think when you look at this, this off season, like they got to understand it's a steady rebuild, right. And they're not going to mm-hmm. be there right away, but I do think they're, they're a couple pieces away from being a, you know, legitimate bubble team in that division. Uh, if it stays a Canadian di- division, which it likely won't, but I think just in general, you look at how tough their division is. They just better be careful the way they tread. You know, I like the, you know, subtle pickup of like an Evgeny Dadnov, those types. I think yeah. are really, really going to help. But I think it's important to play the kids, hashtag it, and and get these guys playing key moments. You know, Stutzla, uh, Norris, Batherson's got like, what, 16 goals in the last 33 games. You want to talk about goal scores, nobody talks about. Maybe the next Mark Stone in Ottawa, it's Drake Batherson. So, Steady progression, and I think that the one thing I may look at for this offseason for Ottawa is adding on the back end. Uh, I know they got a lot of prospect capital there. They got some youngsters they're excited about, but I think it's time to bring in sort of a veteran piece that could help this team along on the back end and contribute. I don't know who that is. It's not going to be Dougie Hamilton, uh, but a, a guy who can make a difference on the back end is probably the move I would make, at least one of them. Yeah, and they're also going to pick up, you know, uh, a couple more nice pieces here in the yeah. draft. So I like what they've done. Um, yeah, I love Drake Batherson. He's he's very, very impressive. Okay, let's move on and, and get into the, the 7 p.m. Eastern slate here of six games. So we got the Blues in the wild, Minnesota minus 137 at home, 27 and 20 against the spread. This is a huge series. This is the first of three. Actually, these teams have only played each other three times, Nick. St. Louis, uh, two wins, one loss, and they're going to play each other five times here in the final couple weeks of the season. The Blues plus 118 on the road, 16 and 30. The total here, 5.5. So as I mentioned, St. Louis holding down that fourth playoff spot right now, 48 points. It really does seem like there's three solid teams in here, but I I would imagine uh, nobody really wants to play St. Louis and what they can bring. Uh, Arizona one point back, but they played three more games. So uh, what do you make of this game? Do you think the Blues find a way to get into the playoffs? Like, what do you think here? Well, that's exactly it. Uh, I think teams would be really, really scared, whether you'd be Vegas, more so Colorado, seeing as what St. Louis has done to them lately to play them in the first round. I'd much rather have Arizona, considering what, uh, you know, Colorado slaughtered them uh, in the bubble. Um, I I just think St. Louis is a candidate for a team to go on a hot run here. I think you look at the composition of that roster. Cole Pareko, I believe, is back tonight against Minnesota. Bennington has been much better as of late. I just think you look at the personnel on that roster and you can say, hey, like they're playing, um, you know, they should start playing above, you know, what what they're hitting. Um, You know, it's been a massive struggle all season long, but there's some serious depth 
despite all the injuries. And I think Tori Krug is taking another step, finally leading that power play. The, the power play is nine for the last 32 or 33, which I think is excellent news this time of year. So I think when you look at St. Louis, they're, they're trending in the right direction. I like them once again against Minnesota, and they're just a team I would not want to play in the playoffs right now. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that. They've been frustrating to, to bet on. Uh, you and I, last time we yeah. chatted, we talked about just them maybe potentially going through the motions and, and getting adjusted with life without Alex Pantrangelo. Yeah. But I've noticed that as well, especially the power play. This is a team that has always had a good power play. The, the year that they won the cup, it was one of the best in the league. Last year is one of the better power plays in the league. Hoffman is starting to score on that PP as well. Uh, yeah, Minnesota has won seven straight games. They're eight, one and one. They're 17 and four on home ice. They're pretty solid, but I'm with you again here on the blues. Yeah. Uh, it's, this is a team that I think is fighting for it a little bit more, some desperation. Uh, they do seem healthy. Uh, Perico back and Bennington has been much stronger. You know who I'm super afraid of? And I didn't think I'd ever say that at any point is Cam Talbot. Like, oh, how yeah. good has Cam Talbot been there? Dude, he single-handedly beat me in a fantasy league last week. I had Vasilevsky, again, the best goalie in fantasy by a country mile, and this guy just kept rolling out Cam Talbot start after Cam Talbot start. Next thing you know, I'm finished. I'm like, wow. But it's all about getting hot at the right time. And you talk about value adds. Uh, you look at him, and especially the way Capo Kakinen has struggled in the second half of this season. Cam Talbot's been a great story, guys. And in general, Bill Guerin, I think, has done a really, really good uh, under-the-radar type job here. Yeah, I mean, Nadelkovic, 9-3-2, save percentage, number one among goalies with uh, 1,200 minutes. Vasilevsky, yeah. number two, 9-2-7, no surprise there. Saros, Matt's boy, 9-2-6. Fleury, 9-2-6. Varlamov, 9-2-6. Cam Talbot, 9-2-6. And I know, Matt, you know all about Cam Talbot in fantasy <laughs> hockey leagues, don't you? Yeah, Cam Talbot hurts my uh, feelings a lot, and I would like to <laughs> I not had talk Talbot about against him. Maddie a couple weeks yeah. ago. Oh, yeah, it's, it's been really nice after I dominate the regular season. Me yeah. and his team goes, "Hey, want to get fucked?" Talbot. And then I just lose, and it was great. Not That's not a great goes. time. Uh, yeah. yeah, but you know what? Meanie, I hope you win it all because that's that I just if you're gonna beat me, you gotta go win the whole thing. Otherwise, what are you doing? It's a crapshoot. We all know this. Like head to head one week. It's all about matchups, how many uh, players you have. I think yeah. I had more players than Matt. Um, and I just lucked out there with Cam Talbot on, you know, playing some easy teams because Minnesota, mm-hmm. like, yeah, they've won a bunch in a row, but you know, who have they played? Right. And that's, that's like, I just don't have a ton of respect for, for San Jose and Arizona or LA. Like, look at this winning streak, Arizona, San Jose, San Jose, Arizona, Arizona, LA, San Jose. Yeah. And now they're going to, now they're up against it. You're going to have three straight games against the blues. You're going to play Vegas a couple times. And you're going to play St. Louis a, a couple more times. So we're going to really get it. Like Minnesota's good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Strong defensive team. I like the, obviously like the addition of Kaprizov, but yeah we're going to really see what this team is made of here over these next couple of weeks down the stretch. So I am with you. I like St. Louis uh, plus one eighteen. I don't think there's too much from a shot prop standpoint. I, I tend to shy away from some of the St. Louis guys. Like sometimes it's Tarasenko, you know, who gets a couple shots, but he's been under three now in four of his last five. Perron is usually plus money. Uh, and he's not consistent from a Big shot wire. prop standpoint yeah. either. And Kaprizov, uh, there's not a whole lot there. Would you agree? Uh, you, you, any shot props you would think of, Nick? Yeah, I think a lot of these guys have been streaky. Like even Matt Zuccarello was on a burner, I think, last time yeah. we talked. I just, I, in general, those two teams I've been staying away from. Uh, I think you're bang on with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Habs and Leafs in here next. Montreal plus 120, 21 and 26 against the spread, 21, 17 and nine on the year. The total here is six minus 139 for Toronto, 17 and 31, 30 
13 and five. The Leafs uh, up top, I'd say comfortably up top, have a seven point cushion on the Oilers. They have played two more games than Edmonton, but uh, I think this is their division to lose. And my goodness, man, watching the Canadians in flames over the past couple of weeks has been has been tough. Uh, Calgary just plays this style of hockey where they just really don't give up anything. I expect this to be a little bit more wide open, but I do lean with the under here. I still think the Canadians are having issues scoring goals and generating some offense. So uh, I think one of my favorite plays on the board here is under, uh, despite what Matthews and Marner can do to a team. I'm feeling the under. You're the guy who talks about the Leafs all the time. What do you think mm-hmm. about Toronto heading into the postseason? What do you think about this game tonight? Yeah, I, I, I think they're starting to play, you know, the way that's going to bring them success. Uh, back on the weekend against Winnipeg, I thought they were fantastic. Um, you know, I think they're playing a bit more physical. I think the insertion of Nick Foligno the last couple of games has, has paid huge dividends. Rasmus Sandin's been really good the last couple um, I just want to see the desperation from Montreal. Like I'm thinking the same thing, but I think the only way the Habs win this game is if it's low scoring. But if you have a feeling the Leafs are going to win, I think they light it up, right? I think Montreal has been struggling big time. Um, it could be sort of a humbling moment for Cole Caulfield, who we just on a game-by-game basis will find out if he's in the lineup due to the cap uh, situation. And I think, you know, this one's a difficult one to bet because I think, as you mentioned, the Maple Leafs are firmly in a playoff spot, whereas Montreal are still sort of fighting. Um, They need a couple more points, and I think they're in the clear. So I can easily see, you know, the way they did a couple weeks back, Montreal come in and find a way to beat the Maple Leafs. But just, again, the way these two teams are playing, the confidence Toronto has had and, and the struggles Montreal has had, I also wouldn't be shocked if it's just a complete blowout. Yeah, I know. I have that feeling too. Um, yeah, the Canadians have looked bad, man. I, yeah. I want to give I want to give credit to I, I do want to give credit to the Flames because they're just a team that has owned Montreal all year. I mean, the Canadians were lucky yeah. to get a win from them the other night, and they're lucky that they don't have to play Calgary anymore because Calgary would would definitely catch them and pass them. <laughs> like, yeah. just don't give up anything. Um, but yeah, uh, I was looking at Caulfield, can't find him. Couldn't find him the other night for a shot prop. I found him late for an anytime goal at like plus 500. I think it was FanDuel. There was an odds boost there. I don't think we'll find – you're right. We're probably not going to know if this guy's going to be in the lineup until later on in the day. But um, his expected goal percentage was number one for the Canadians. He had four shots on goal. He had six shot attempts. He almost scored in the first shift. Yeah. Like a short side where it kind of fooled marks from a little bit. And he was playing up on the top line and he was getting some time in the second line there with um, Suzuki and Toffoli. So if he does play, that's where I expect him to play. Um, I would expect him to start with Dano and Tatar and, and get some power play time. I don't expect him to be the savior, but it was nice to see just some speed in there in the lineup uh, just to give them a little bit of a boost. So I do lean Toronto overall. I think they're the better yeah. team. They've had more success against the Canadians uh, this year and they just, yeah, offensively it's, it's not even, it's not even close, but uh, these two teams, it does look like Nick, they could potentially meet up in the playoffs. Yeah, that'd be fun. And, you know, I think if Montreal can lock things in defensively, maybe Brendan Gallagher comes back, maybe Carey Price is in the fold as well. I think it's a closer se- uh, series than we expect, but there's nothing like getting horned up for Cole Caulfield's uh, NHL debut to see him skating with Philippe Deneau is there. It just hits, <laughs> right? It, it hits a bit differently, doesn't it? Well, Matt, tweet, Matt, you tweeted out and you were wondering, <laughs> you know, who we would play with. And then we had uh, Griff Dog, who's um, yeah. on this show often, and he said he was hoping, like, give us what we want, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. Foley. 
and Matt, of course, it was what we really expected. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. When I tweeted that, I was like, what am I doing? I just, I know what's going to happen here. And I had a few buddies message me. They're like, why are you tweeting about the Habs? I was like, dude, life is bigger than just enjoying the Leafs. I was like, I need to make sure I win some money in some leagues. But uh, just to touch on your guys' points real quick, Caulfield looks electric. That kid looks so good. Um, I think in any formats like Dynasty and long-term keeper leagues, if you have an open spot and you're rebuilding, go take a flyer on him and keep him for next year. He, he's he's going to lead the Habs, I think, either next year or the year after, or at least be top three in points. I think he's that good. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he is good. He, I mean, I don't want to take too much. It was his first game. Um, yeah. He does find a, he, he does a great job, Nick, as you know. I mean, you, you're watching him World Juniors, watching Wisconsin goal per game guy. Uh, he's just he finds a way to get into those soft spots, and he's not afraid to shoot the puck, and he's got a great shot. So, yeah, he's going to have some success. I don't want to get too carried away. You know, they're, they're comparing him to, like, some of his USA numbers, like to Matthews and Kessel. Like, let's we can settle down there a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to be that type of player, but he does seem like he's going to be a goal scorer, and the Canadians can certainly use that. But uh, just to recap here, Leafs, I like to fully two and a half shots. And, again, FTNBets.com, use the free parlay calculator, the free prop shop. You're going to get the best possible odds. Toffoli is there at minus 135, William Hill Sportsbook. He's minus 163 at DK. So shop around, try to get the best possible odds out there. Uh, in here next, Edmonton and Winnipeg. The Jets minus 104, minus 113 for the Oilers. This game is in the peg. 31, 17, 27, and 18, and three. The Jets record here. The total is six. Man, the Oilers just kind of, man, they just mopped them up, Nick. Uh, they crushed yeah. them. Edmonton's a tough team to, to figure out. But, I mean, McDavid obviously is rolling right now. What do you think? A bounce back for here for Winnipeg? Or do you think that they could potentially be in trouble here over these next couple of weeks? I mean, they're, they're in a playoff spot. Um, but, I don't know, man. Ehlers away from that team. I'm still not sold on their defense. Yeah, I felt like I was watching Nikolai Ehlers' funeral the other night. Like, uh, that, <sighs> I'm, I'm right there with you. I think this is another one, a tough one to handicap. I can easily see Edmonton puck line, like, in a, a dominant performance, right? I. I just think it really hurt that team. Number one, you lose Adam Lowry, and then you lose Nikolai Ehlers, and then Hellebuck is not in a groove right now, and, and the sky is falling, right? Like, it really has that feel. Uh, we all forget Mark Shifley was benched on Saturday against the Maple Leafs. Like, nothing's going right for Winnipeg, and I wonder if this is just sort of a, a prolonged rut uh, for the next week or so for this team, and Edmonton creates some cushion, and they'll get the number two seed in that matchup because I think – yeah, you know, Winnipeg's going to be in big time trouble here if they don't figure this out quickly. And I just, I, I haven't liked the way they played. And I, I expected a bounce back after the first Leafs loss. It didn't come. Certainly after the Shifley benching, I expected a bounce back. And then they come out and lose 6-1. I just, uh, I don't know how to look at that game tonight. Matt, what do you think about this game? Uh, I just, when I look at this, I just think Oilers and that's it. Unless yeah. Mike Smith doesn't get the start. That's another condition here. Uh, yeah, the Jets just look messy. Like uh, Nick was saying, the Shifley benching and then Shifley not really agreeing with it. And then Hellebuck getting pulled and Hellebuck not really agreeing with it. I'd like to think that there's stuff going on in the background just from a greedy gambling perspective, just mm -hmm. to mess with them a bit. But if you can get the Oilers at near a pick em price... Uh, I'm all in on that, except if Cam or uh, if uh, they get Koskinen in a net. That's that's when I run away very fast. I, I feel like that's what we say all the time. Like just wait it out with the Oilers, and if Koskinen's in net, uh, maybe hammer the over. And, and Where's Daylock, by the way? 
Yeah, who, maybe he should get some play because talk about Kos- the wild, baby. Yeah, Koskinen's uh, is not the answer. Mm. Uh, man, I wish I saw this stat. I don't know if you um, if it came across your Twitter timeline, um, Nick, but it was it was McDavid, like the goal differential when he's on the ice and when he's not. Like I didn't what see a that. difference! It was like minus one hundred something silly and plus like there was like a hundred fifty goal gap. <laughs> between him like being on the ice and off the ice it's crazy i can't find it right now i'm looking on the fly i was gonna give some credit to, to somebody who came across my timeline it was just unbelievable stuff i'm gonna go with edmonton here guys i think i think they're rolling nick you said it you talked me into it a little bit more you reassured me yeah. uh there's something going on here with, with the jets uh yeah shifley the other day his comments i was listening to him he was not happy at all i didn't think he should got that he should have got benched and uh hellebuck didn't think he should have got pulled, um, but it is what it is. And the Jets, uh, I think they're going through something right now. And I think there's a little bit of confidence. You know, Edmonton has won six of eight uh, against the Jets. And you know, I mentioned McDavid off the top. Like, this is crazy. Like, 19 points in eight games, at least two in every single game. They just haven't been able to slow him down. So uh, I'm taking a look at um, at the Oilers tonight. And I'm kind of staying away from all the shot props. Ehler's been a guy that I've, that I've you know, I've been riding. Uh, yeah. Like, anymore he's just uh, a big blow to you i know that i think you had him on your fantasy hockey squad yeah and a big blow to uh to me who likes to sprinkle a little cash on uh the shot prop there let's get to uh the game of the night shall we colorado and vegas minus 127 gold knights at home 23 and 24 34 11 and 2 on the season and colorado plus 108 20 and 26 I haven't seen anything on uh, Miko Rantan. I know he's off the COVID list now. I don't know if he's going to play. I know Philip Grubauer is not ready to play yet there. So who knows if they go back to uh, Dubnik. I, I assume that the way things have been going in Vegas, you know, game for game with the goalies, that it would be Fleury's uh, game here, his net tonight. Um, what do you think of this matchup? Yeah, well, number one, I, I'd love to see it in the Stanley Cup playoffs and both Oof. teams are healthy. Um, from that standpoint, I expect uh, the over to potentially hit. Uh, you have Colorado, who's a little pissed off after back-to-back losses against St. Louis. You have Vegas, who one of the top-scoring teams in this league, who is a bit more settled, I would say, at this point in time. And I think the recipe is there for a higher-scoring game. I just don't trust either Dubnik or Jonas Johansson, who played the other night at the former Buffalo Sabre. Uh, they were just letting goals in that Grubauer wouldn't. Um, right. and I think we saw yesterday that Ranton was skating with them. So I wouldn't be shocked if he plays tonight. I think another guy to look at from a DFS standpoint is Andre Burakovsky, who's been hot. Uh, but that, that top line with McKinnon has been sort of cold. So I expect a bit of an eruption. And uh, I like Colorado in the bounce back in this game. I just think there's more to play for internally for that team than there is for the Vegas Golden Knights. So I expect a bit of a bounce back. Yeah, I, I would expect the pissed off team as well. Yeah. Um, this should be entertaining. Yeah, I hope we see these two teams in in the postseason. I, I think we will, um, with no disrespect to the Blues in the Wild. Yeah. I think we'll see it. Give us what we want. That's what we really want. Yeah. Um, it should be for the cop, <laughs> right? Um, but, it, it, you know, it right. won't be. But, yeah, Vegas has won nine straight games here, um, 70 points. They got the four-point cushion on Colorado. The Avs do have a game in hand. Uh, yeah, Miko Rantanen. If Rantanen does pop up, guys, you know. Yeah. I'll be taking him on a shot prop. If he doesn't play, I love the Birakoski call. I like him anyways, I think. Yeah. Uh, he's been getting time on that first line. He's been on that first power play. He's been rolling. Uh, I think the total is the play here for me uh, over 5.5. These next two games, I honestly, I don't have a lot of interest in. I don't like to put my money on bad hockey teams. We'll talk about them anyways. Mm-hmm. Anaheim and LA, the Kings at home, minus 159. 
27 and 19 against the spread. The total is 5.5. They took care of the Ducks on Monday. It was a 4 1 victory. Anaheim plus 138, 27 and 22. I don't know about you, but we're talking about, you know, it being tough to handicap, you know, good matchups. Oh. Not for me, man. Four game series between Anaheim and Los Angeles. The freeway <laughs> face off. So intrigued with this. No, uh, I. I was thinking about this last night, looking at the card. I'm like, do I go to Anaheim on the money line? Cause LA embarrassed them the other night. I just, I, the ducks don't have Zegras Henrique as on the COVID list. Last I checked, I, I just, I don't think a bounce back could like, I think LA could easily win. I think Anaheim could easily win. Do I care? Not really. Like I'm probably staying away. I'm like right there with you, you know? Yeah. And Matt, didn't we say this on Monday it was the ducks. We just decided to take the ducks cause it was plus money. I think they were plus mm-hmm. 145 or somewhere like, yeah, you know, we'll yeah, it was the most nonchalant. Like, yeah, we'll take them. Okay, sure. That's it. Yeah. And then we moved on. It was as quick as that. <laughs> Want to be given winners here on the show and trying to give good advice. And I just don't think you should put your money on either of these teams. Um, Dustin Brown, two and a half shots. He finally hit there the other day. He had four shots. I think this is a good matchup maybe for him to, uh, potentially gets uh, some shots. We haven't given up, given a lot of shot props here. So he would be in my player pool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just don't think there's really a need here. And this last game too, with Arizona and San Jose, I was, uh, I was on Arizona. At least we're on Chikrin from a DFS standpoint. We yeah. said he was a must play man. What a season he is having Nick. So this is basically a pick him here with the sharks at home. The total here is 5.5. This is another one I'll just stay away from, but I expect to see, Again, I thought we would see more desperation from Arizona. They started off so slow, but again, we're looking at both of these teams. Arizona's two and eight in their last 10 and the Sharks are two, seven and one in their last 10 and just finally picked up a victory here against Arizona. So this is another one where I'm just going to stay away. Yeah, I, I would probably just look at Arizona money line. Like I think they found a way after they're just whatever that was the other night against San Jose. You're right. Like the Sharks have been dreadful the last month or so all season for that matter. And to come out that way when you think you're a playoff team was kind of sad. So from that respect and a gambling standpoint, I think I'm probably looking at Arizona to bounce back tonight, money line. I think they're going to have a much better effort, namely Darcy Kemper, their goalie. Yeah, no, good call. So. Um, I, I would agree. Like, that's my logic, too. Like, they yeah. should win this game. That they you never should, know. Yeah, They should have uh, some fight uh, tonight. But, um, yeah, if I had to pick a side, that would be it. Let's yeah. let's talk DK here for a second and see where we're going for some stacks and some, some offense. So, from the center position, of course, up at the top, we have Matthews, McDavid, McKinnon, Drysettle, Shifley, Tavares, Kopitar, O'Reilly, Hurdle, and Kadri. Uh, a little bit more down the board, we have Chandler Stevenson, Carlson. If we think there's going to be some goals there, I think Stevenson is certainly interesting. Suzuki, Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, Dvorak Schmaltz, uh, not really interested in that. But if you're spending up at the top, uh, I know it's going to seem like it's a little obvious, but McDavid, is there anywhere else like where you put your money at the top of the board here at center? Yeah, I think McDavid, obviously, uh, and Matthews. Like, he's chasing a Calder Trophy right now. I think he's got a team in Montreal right for the picking. The Habs are struggling. Jake Allen's playing, like, every game, it seems. they got nobody behind him right now. And, again, it could be a a humbling sort of situation for Cole Caulfield coming into this league. So, I can see Matthews getting a goal or two in that game. And I like the Chandler Stevenson look quite a bit. Uh, You want to talk about, um, you know, shocking fantasy performers. I don't know if that's the right word, but – Chandler Stevenson, considering what Washington, uh, you know, yeah, and Vegas did. Yeah, exactly. What they did in that trade to get Chandler Stevenson to have him as your number one center 
that's tremendous value. And I think he's really taking this game to the next level this season. And he's playing on the power play sometimes, which is great news for fantasy owners too. Yeah, absolutely. He's been, he's been solid, man. 12 goals in the year, 29 points. And he comes in with five goals and nine points over his last 10. And he's fresh off that three point night against the ducks where he had a couple goals there. I mean, the ice time is there when you're playing with the two studs and Patrick and Mark Stone, you're going to get that ice time. Uh, 21 minutes in his last game. He's played at least 19 in three straight games. So that's the way I would go to, you know, again, McDavid is going to be pretty popular from a tournament standpoint. I don't know how you fade him in cash. You just get unique elsewhere, but uh, what he's done to the jets, uh, I think you just have to play him. And I like the Matthews call as well. He's had some success certainly in his career against, um, against Montreal. And and you're right. He's shooting the puck just quite a bit. Didn't mention him from a shot prop standpoint. Let's bring in Maddie. I mean, this guy is six, seven, five and seven. I mean, his shot prop sitting at three and a half. I mean, He's probably a pretty good play, Matt, for for four shots tonight. Yeah, the high, high volume shooters have been coming through, whereas like our fans of the show and friends of the show haven't. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but I think I need to get off Tyler Toffoli for the sake of everyone that listens to this show, because every time I've been on him publicly in this show, I just I, I tank it. It was the same thing with Barkov earlier this year. I just I tank it. It's me. I completely blame me for that. I don't know why. I don't know how. Uh, but the high volume shooters have been coming through in a big way, and uh, those are the guys that I'm going to build a lot of my shot prop parlays on. I'm probably going to look at this tape on Friday and laugh at myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Tofoli has been stuck on two uh, often, uh, but he has had three and one, two, three, four, five of his past seven, but those other ones too. And if you look back at the times he doesn't have three, it's usually two. There's not, it's not often that he doesn't have at least a couple shots on net. He loves to shoot the puck. He loves to shoot it from outside the blue line and the dump in. He never dumps in the corner. He shoots it. It's almost like there's an incentive Nick inside his contract just to get to X amount of X amount of shots. And he missed two empty netters the other night, which was super frustrating for a guy that had the over two and a half shots. Let's go over to the wing. We got Patch already up top eight, four Marner, eight, one Connor, seven, four. So Miko Rantanen, looking here he says out here on dk and yeah i mean the latest report here nick is saying that bednar is hopeful that he'll be ready to return to action on friday against okay. the Sharks. so maybe and again that's nothing official here but mm-hmm. um, just keep an eye on that throughout the day and like you said perfectly um i think burakoski as we're talking the top of the board but burakoski's 5'8 and he's a guy that has been benefiting from playing on that top yep. line. He's got two goals and five points over a three-game run, and four of them have been on the PP. But just here, sticking with the top of the board. So Landeskog, I think, is a guy that's been underpriced all year. Yep. 7K, Kaprizov, 6'9", Mark Stone, 6'7", Kane, 6'6", Fiala. I think just game stacking this Colorado and Vegas game is super interesting to me. Well, exactly. Like building off the fact that we we think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And I, I think to that point, like you have to go to Burakovsky. Um, seeing the news as well with Ranton and potentially going Friday, which opens up the door for Burakovsky to play with McKinnon and Landeskog again. Um, from a defensive standpoint, that trio has struggled the last couple games, but offensively, I think they're gelling, and I think the value is is too much to pass up on on Burakovsky. So that's probably number one where I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I think so too. You're going to just save a bit of cash uh, that way. And then you can be able to plug him in. Another guy I think is underpriced here is, is Nugent Hopkins. I know they've been juggling around their lines in Edmonton. What do they got? Pooley Yarby and, and Cahoon up with McDavid, but yeah, 
Uh, Nugent Hopkins with dry settle here, sitting here at 5.9. I think he's, he's underpriced. Uh, he's two points in his last couple games, uh, one power play goal, 26 minutes the other night he played against the Habs. It's crazy. Uh, and 20 minutes in his last game. So 5.9 just to get some exposure to, you know, PP1 and inside that top six and the Oilers could score a few goals. I think that's interesting. Marsh is so at 5.7 underpriced. I think Wheeler's underpriced at 5.4, but I'm not into him. Uh, I, I, I think he's a bit of a, a fade, a bit of a pass. Alex Tuck has been nice, 4-5, sticking inside that game. You mentioned the Blues and the power play. Well, Mike Hoffman, he's got three goals in his last five games. He's got five point, five, six points rather in his past five. Not getting a lot of ice time, though, Nick, right? 10 yeah. minutes, 10 minutes, 13. Like, he has been, he's been frustrating. I expect a little bit more from him this year. Well, the thing that the Blues put so much pride in having depth, right? Like, you even look at their Stanley Cup winning team. Their fourth line could beat you. Their second line can beat you. That, and I think they strive to have that. Like, another guy I would look at is Robert Thomas, uh, who had a multi-point effort, I think, against Colorado on Monday. Uh, but you're right. Like, you look at the stats and, like, wow, this guy's producing for the minutes he's getting. It's very Jason Spezza-like, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, we've been talking about Hoffman a lot, like, waiting for him to get going. I remember he opened up the season 3K, like – yeah. bare minimum on DK. It's like, yeah, Hoffman, let's play this guy. And just did nothing uh, for weeks. They knew something. They really did know something. Yeah. And the same thing with Barry. Barry started off slow. He was 3K and then yeah. and went on that heck of a run. You mentioned Felino. I think it's a great addition. He's 3-9 yeah. tonight on DraftKings. I like that too. Yeah, that's a pretty solid price uh, for him. A Tarasenko 6K. I don't mind that. But I think for the most part, uh, I'm getting involved here with, with the Oilers. Colorado and Vegas and, you know, and maybe St. Louis, uh, even though we, we talked up Cam Talbot, I think we'll just see a, a desperate blues team yeah. here today. And they, they've just been clicking. Uh, and by the way, I'm not saying to play Cole Caulfield, but uh, he wasn't on DK when we were talking about him. He's three, seven. Uh, he's, huh. but I'd rather just jump up a couple hundred dollars, get a guy like Nick Foligno. Over at defense, Chikrin, man. Uh, awesome. 12.9 fantasy points per game. That is number one among defensemen on the slate today. He's 6'4". Shea Theodore is 6'2". Nurse is 6K. Brent Burns, 5'9". Makar, 5'8". Martinez, 5'7". Blocks everything. Mm-hmm. Jeff Petrie, 5'6". Petrangelo is 5'5". Five, five. Barry, 5'4". Five, Doughty, 5'3". And Spurgeon, 5'2". Uh, if you can find a way to get Chikrin into your lineups, I mean, I highly recommend him. And what this guy's doing is seems pretty special, uh, Nick. Been an absolute stallion, hasn't he, right? And and the fact that, like, Oliver ekman Larson, that entire drama that happened <laughs> last offseason, right? Um, I just – it was – the proof, I think, to me was in the pudding, and that's part of the reason why they would have loved to move on for Ekman Larson. They understood that they had Jacob Chikrin was really evolving into a number one defenseman, and then here they are. He's their number one guy, and then you're paying Oliver Ekman Larson eight mil a year. So <laughs> I'm fascinated to see what happens with their captain and, and the contract there, but I think he's a must play right now. I love what Shea Theodore has been doing lately. It seems like two points a night. Um, you stack it sometimes with the top line guys like Pacioretty, Stone, Stevenson. And you're laughing. Um, and and Kale McCarr, again, if our expectation is that Vegas and Colorado will score a lot tonight, I think you have to look at their number one D and, and quarterbacks. Yeah, I like that. I think Morgan Riley is underpriced, too, at 4-9. Um, yeah. Slightly Eric Carlson, 4-5. If you're just looking for maybe Krug, 4-2. If you're looking in that mid in that 4K range, there's not a, a lot I like sub four, and there's a reason these guys are sub four. Um, so I would just maybe, I think, spend up and find some value over at wing. 
and uh, check out ftndaily.com. You're looking for more goods, but yeah, Chikrin and Theodore, just unbelievable. This, this game log here from Chikrin, like the shots, the blocks, the hits, he, and he gets so much ice time. I mean, he almost had a hat trick again there the other night. He had the two goals against San Jose. Matt, anything to add before we move over to goal here on your thoughts from defense or uh, up front and forward? Uh, I just don't understand how Tyler Toffoli is cheaper than Kevin Fiala. That's just my <laughs> one takeaway from all of this. Because Fiala was a guy, I think Fiala is the only guy this season where I've bet the under more than once on shot props. Because that's how I felt about him early this season. Uh, I, I just think Toffoli now is going to be chalky. Not because that I said that, just because of where he's priced at and what he's done for that team. Uh, that would be my thought there. I like the Tuck call. I like the Stevenson call. Um, and the Nicky Felino call I'm a big fan of if you need to plug a guy in. Well, Nicky, eh? You got nicknames for all the Leafs, don't you? Maybe. How about Rasmus Sandin? I'll throw him into the conversation. PP1? Yeah, yeah, that's... yeah big fan. Yeah, 2-5? Yeah, like I think if you want to be sneaky and uh, working in this market, they've already anointed him uh, the next Bobby Orr, so <laughs> he'll have four points tonight. <laughs> I like that call. I'm here for yeah. it, man. Bargain yeah. shopping two five, some offensive upside. Yeah, he's looked. How, how do you think he's looked? I feel like he's played with a little bit more confidence lately. Yeah, I think he's been good. Like you know, it's it's a promising development. We'll say that, especially with Bogosian out on the back end. But people are making preposterous, you know, remarks like two games into this little streak he's on, saying, "Oh, he's got to be in there in the playoffs." He's got to be in the top four. It's like, whoa, like relax a bit. I mean, it's, it's just a weird year in general. But I think it's great for the progression of the player, right? Because there has been some doubt the last year or two. When's Rasmus Sandin going to arrive? But I think in general with expansion coming and also, you know, the fact that Toronto is really cap-strapped going forward, they need guys on ELCs to produce. And I think, uh, you know, it's there for, for Sandin if he wants it. I just uh, have to temper expectations a bit, Chris. Yeah. That's fair. Expectations always slightly high in Toronto. Yeah. Okay. We'll move over to goal. Uh, all right. So I, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at Bennington seven, three against the wild. I, I don't typically like to spend up too much, you know, in goal. So he, he kind of stands out to me. Um, I, we, we like goals in Colorado and Vegas. So I'm not going to really go there. Mike Smith, seven, nine is okay. Uh, I'm not into Hellebuck. What about Darcy Camper? You said a little bit of a bounce back here, 7-7 seven, seven against the Sharks. You think he could be in play tonight? Yeah, I don't mind that, and I don't mind Braden Holpe. Um, yeah, again, strong. Yeah, we expect a low-scoring game between Ottawa and Vancouver. Just that's the way things have gone this season. So probably one of those two guys, Kemper and, uh, and, and Holpe, I would look at. All right, Matt, what do you got from us? Uh, you added up all the, the L's, I think, that I took from mm -hmm. Monday's show. Uh, give them to me, man. <laughs> Head down, sounding sad. Don't like it, but I got to give you a 2-5 and five <laughs> yes. record on your picks. Uh, the two, now the, the money line's all missed. Um, but the under... Yeah, Colorado, Florida, Carolina, Arizona, Calgary. Uh, you nailed both your over-unders. Calgary, Montreal, and Ottawa, Vancouver. Both unders hit there. Shot props. This is why I don't pick Tyler Toffoli anymore. He was one of the guys that didn't do it for you. Duclair, Toffoli, Robertson, Kessel all got two shots, ah. which was not great. McKinnon, though, high-volume shooter, three-and-a-half hit, one-and-four, brings your record to 66-41. and 41. For your overall picks, you're 132-95. and 95. What do you got for us? All right. Um, 
let's let's start with shot props here. Uh, so I got to cross off Rand, and I am going to Foley, Matt. I don't care what you say. Just don't bet him, okay? <laughs> to Foley, Matthews, McKinnon. So Matthews and McKinnon are at three and a half, but I like it. I think it's fine. Again, William Hill's got the best odds for those two guys. Alex Tuck is plus money again over at William Hill. We've been riding Alex Tuck quite a bit. I think you have too, Maddie, here on the Mayo Media Network on your weekend show. So McKinnon, Matthews, Tuck to Foley. I will throw Dustin Brown in there and uh, I'm going to stay away from Terry Sanko. I had him written down. I'm going to stay away from him. You know what? McDavid as well. McDavid for a two point night is plus money here on DraftKings. He's had a two point night in every game. I'm going to try to ride that one out Uh, from a pick standpoint, Vancouver. I'm with Nick. I thought he laid that out perfectly. Vancouver bounce back here, St. Louis, um, the under in Toronto or the under in Vancouver and Ottawa plus the Canucks. So the under six and Vancouver, Edmonton over 5.5 in Vegas and Colorado, St. Louis and the old Maple Laughs, um, all those in there. Nick, what do you got, man? What, 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 a couple of favorite picks here. Yeah, like I, I tend to agree with you for the most part as we've gone on here, like, you know, Vancouver like that quite a bit. I think St. Louis, um, you know, especially the way Minnesota's been playing lately, I think they're due for sort of a stinker or a loss at that. And the Blues need some desperation. So I like that. And I think Vegas is due for a loss. So. I got to go with the Colorado Avalanche on the bounce back. Regardless, it's not going to be Grubauer, no Rantanen. I think they're going to find a way on on the back of Nathan McKinnon. So probably those are the three games. And I think there's just a bunch I'm staying away from tonight, guys. Yeah, it, you know, he said this with Cam. No bet is a good bet. He doesn't understand that. <laughs> he's the best, though. But, you know, he's like, what? No bet, meaning I don't understand what that means. I always got to make a bet. Yeah. He, like I'm staying away from Buffalo. I'm not picking Buffalo against Boston. I want to pick them. They're plus 300. I want to pick them. And then later on in the night, he shows us the ticket. Like I picked them by the way. I, I just oh. couldn't help myself. I had to pick them, but yeah, I think you stay away from, you know, if I had to pick a side, Arizona, San Jose, I would go Arizona, but yeah. I'm staying away from that. I'm staying away from Anaheim LA I like that. On, I like the over in Colorado and Vegas. I like the Oilers. I like the Leafs. I like the blues and then Vancouver and the under there as well. There's a lot of action over at FTMbets.com, guys. Uh, lots of picks. Use a promo code mayo or meanie to get yourself a package a discount will be given picks until that stanley cup is raised and speaking of the stanley cup nick hopefully we get to chat again uh you and i in communication quite often but hopefully we can get you on this show again to to talk maybe uh the playoffs when we have some matchups but i'm gonna put you on the spot here just in case we don't uh who do you like man who do you think gets to the finals like pick a couple teams here yeah so number one tampa i think you know, the biggest deadline pickup was Nikita Kucherov. They haven't been playing well as of late, but I really don't put much stock into that. They pick up David Savard, who probably was the best deadline piece to pick up from Columbus. So I think Tampa is one on my list. Uh, Colorado has to be a close number two. I like their back end. I like their depth up front. And that's a big condition. And of course, I'm Philip Grubauer being healthy, which we think he's going to be. And then I think Vegas is in that conversation as well. So those are probably my top three teams. And it's nothing against that East division. I just think they're going to have a tough time battling against each other. By the time they get to the final four, they're going to be finished. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, hard to argue those picks, Nick. Nick Alberga, give him a follow at the Golden Muzzy. Check out all of his work. He's a fantastic follow, especially if you are a Puck fan. For myself, Chris Meany, and Matty Best, thanks as always for taking the time to hang out. Smash that like button. You got a question? Leave it there in the YouTube section. We'll circle back before a puck drop. We'll be back on Friday with Cam Stewart. Cheers. Thank <laughs> you.